You are listening to Let's Go, the weekly anime podcast about weekly anime from Dynamite in the Brain and Secret of the Sailor Madness. So come along and hang with the Let's Go gang. It's Dwayne. Hello. It's Niall. It's not Niall. He's not here. I just read it out because it's in front of my eyes. <laughs> and it's me, Brian. Oh, well. Uh, I was slightly distracted because Google is telling me to that they've introduced pageless format. And do I want to dismiss or try it? I'm going to dismiss it for now. Uh, hmm. I shall probably try it later in the year when I have to read out scripts for panels I've written. Uh, hmm. But that's months away. On this episode, we are covering anime that aired the week of. Oh, this is the bit I forgot to write in. Uh, uh, 29th of May to the 4th of June. Thank you very much. Um, and we're going to uh, start. 2022. With... <laughs> yes, 2022, in case you're listening to this five years hence. A decade. It might hence. be. I don't know. What were they doing five years ago today? That kind of way. Yeah. Exactly. And eventually, as I'm lying on my deathbed, I'll be transferring all these MP3s onto archive.org. So my mm-hmm. legacy will uh, remain. Uh, this week, though, we've got something from before that time, and that is Tiger and Bunny Season 2, Episode 9, Have Not They Cloak to Make When It Begins to Rain? I know there's a more modern version of that like um, little thing, but like I can't think of what the fuck it is for the life of me. So, we find out in flashback why Barnaby was being blown up at the end of last week's episode, and that is because mm. there is an evil bomber what bombs at midnight, and he's got the next ability to turn things into bombs. And he's he's like a really crappy gambit, basically. Yeah. Yes, uh, and he turned a uh, vase, a vase? Yeah. into a bomb, and to save a uh, one of the museum workers, uh, Barnaby tried to fly it out but his power ran out just as the bomb went off in a terrible coincidence, like a second mm. apart. Um, and it was the one time where Tiger and Bunny had separated because it's like, all right, I hear, I hear, using my five times more than a normal human hearing, I can hear there's a woman who needs help, a museum attendant. And so you save the paintings, I'm going to go save her. You hang out to your power just in case you need it. Because he's got a more limited run than Barnaby. Um, but yeah, the woman was like, oh, we got to save this precious pot. And the pot had been turned into a bomb. And is, I think all these bombs are activated by people touching them. Because when they show the... I think so, yes. When the, the boss is kind of showing them the, the, the video footage of like him touching the bank vault. Uh, and the guards going up and touching the bank vault. And then it explodes in the CCTV. And I was just like, okay, so that's... I mean, like you can also make a thing a bomb and throw it at you, and then when it touches off you, it explodes. That kind of way. Yeah, and I guess that ties in a bit with Mr. Black doing research later on in the episode about how various people's next yes. powers work. Though, as it turns out, they don't have to worry about this guy because someone else takes care of them at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get to that, they tell they tell the guys and girls that... Uh, Barnaby may be out of action for over a year. Yeah, I mean, like, a conservative estimate, he'll be out of it for, like, a day, maybe a week, but, like, like if things going well, but, like, long-term, yeah, he could be in a coma for much longer, because he's as his power, the bomb exploded as soon as his powers ran out, which means, like, he was just a human, like, surviving a bomb, basically. Yeah. If only there was some sort of drug which might be able to make Barnaby's next ability more powerful and help him overcome the injuries. 
Oh, that would be handy. If only like Jimmy Olsen was making it um, by accident after collapsing on the lab floor from injecting himself too much. And he's currently in a different hospital for that very purpose. Man, that director is a real piece of shit. He uh, is a real <laughs> piece of shit, yeah. Yeah, he shows uh, up, uh, sees Matthias and says, oh, no, it's terrible. The investors are coming today. I'm pretty sure they're going to shut us off today, not the two months they gave us. We've got to do something. They've got to do something. And then when we see him get back, he's tied another lab assistant to a chair. And he's yeah, about to Jimmy force... says, it's like, okay, I had one last fucking dose of it. Try that before they get here and maybe you'll get some results out of it. It's a fucking, it's a shot in the fucking dark. And he's in his hospital bed while his, while his boss is like, oh, please, Jimmy, you have to save me. That kind of fucking shit. Oh, what a dick. But yeah, he's tied another guy to a chair to experiment on him. And he's like, well, I'm just going to try on someone who doesn't have next powers. It'll probably be fine. The guy's like, but it didn't work on rats. He's like, that's why we have to do human experimentation. Also, they're here. And they're seeing yes. me tie you to a chair. So this does not look good for me. Yeah, and he tries to eject the assistant, but he misses because the assistant moves and he hits his own hand. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't the drugs which had given him his long fingernails. Those were, that's his own next power. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out this drug does not give people who haven't got next powers next powers, but it does increase the potency of somebody's next power if they already have one. Uh, the mm. reason we learned this is because the investor goes and has a dinner date with uh, the dad of the uh, two albedo superhero murderers. Yeah, it seems to be like a professional thing because they're obviously both Ouroboros. Um, and she kind of comments like, dude, you're really fucking high level to have it tattooed on your hand. That, that's not normal. If you're my level, and he's like, yeah, but I came... I started off small and I kind of worked my way it's, up the ladder. It's, it's very the Hitman games at this point, where it's like, mm. oh, it becomes much more clear in this episode of like the Ouroboros is more like a James Bond type villain organization. Yeah, it, it's a, what is it, Spectre or one of those kind of ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they've got like various cells doing different operations that are not necessarily aware of. So basically, the their yeah, higher-ups have basically arranged this meeting where she's like, I got a thing that can boost powers. And they're like, fantastic, we have a guy in town murdering superheroes, so you guys should like work together on this fucking project, basically. Yes, and he's like, mm. oh, why would you give me such a powerful thing? And she's like, well, it's because the bosses told me to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and you get the feeling, oh, is this guy as beholden to the bosses as she is because he's come up from through the orphanage? I suspect there's something going on there where... Because he, he does mention the two guys are kids from the... Um, oh, he doesn't call it the orphanage. He no, he's got a name for it. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, Ugh, yeah, it is a specific like term. I guess like a code name or something. But like that these kids also come up through it. So maybe he sees... Maybe he is actually like a dad to them. He's like, well, you guys came from the same place I did. That kind of way. Yeah. Um, I suspect... The, everybody's misjudging everything here. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, for sure. <laughs> meanwhile, Tiger is out trying to do an investigation to find. He's the beaten the street. It's like, himself. have you seen this man? This I, I've forgotten the Mad Bomber. What bombs at midnight's name? But that have you seen this man around the museum? And like people are going like, hey, you're Ron Tiger, aren't you? He's like, oh yeah, I guess. Can we take a selfie? It's like, yeah, cool. He puts <laughs> on the mask, and the boss is like, hey. There's fucking pictures of you going up on Twitter that you're beating the street um, and fucking trying to find out who bombed Barnaby. Yes. And he's like, no, I mean, like, I'm not investigating. And I'm technically, if I just happen to find them on my own, then everything works out, right? The, I mean, the police say otherwise, but yeah. Yeah, he's dragged in front of Agnes. And I 
forget his uh, civilian name, lunatic. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, as kind of Tiger is heading off to clearly c- keep investigating this on his own, even though heroes aren't supposed to do that, he's like, yeah, um, this is exactly my problem with the buddy system. They get too emotionally involved with their partner getting hurt and that kind of thing. This is why I'm going to make this proposal. I've got a fucking logo for it and everything. That's how prepared I yes. am for this situation. And then we get like a series of scenes with our other buddies uh, proving that Yuri is correct. Uh, hmm. While it has benefits, this sort of thing has shaken them all up. And uh, particularly the, like, the younger ones are, uh, hmm. they're, yeah, they're, they're fracturing a bit. Yeah, yeah. Fractured, or it's bringing out the divisions which are already there uh, even further. Um, yeah, and, then, and I mean, like, it's basically it's also the thing of Tiger and Bunny have been the guys holding a lot of their shit together. <laughs> yes, and so they like Tiger off. Like, he, he's not obsessed. He's a little, but he's not like super. He, he does appear to be like you know gripping his his glasses with with kind of like a mm, I'm going to get that guy. But he's not like he's still himself. He's not like yes. I will great great vengeance. I'm a Batman now or anything. But um, um, him and Bunny not being around is kind of fucking up all the other heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me. We also get Fugan and Mugen who are flipping through the superhero catalog and they're going to pick whichever one they find at <laughs> random to kill first. So they go to see Barnaby and they're like, it wouldn't be nice to kill a guy who's in a coma in a bed. Um, it wouldn't feel like a victory, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so not, uh, the, the old uh, who, which which is the hottest boy in the magazine, they're just going to flip through the magazine and just pick a page at random, <laughs> and we don't see. But they, the way they talk about it, and then it cuts to some of the younger heroes. You make a thing. It's like okay, one of these is obviously their target. Yeah. So Agnes rings Tiger after he's finished talking to Kaidai, and uh, he goes and finds the bomber and defeat. Well. Almost catches him, but then he has set a bomb on the door handle. Uh, hmm. and he manages so the woman he'd taken hostage was and uh, accidentally activates the bomb by trying to escape. Yeah, uh, Chases after him, but then finds him hung up in a tree, knocked out. Uh, hmm. And I'm like, at this point, okay. And then we see Mugen and Fugen right at the end observing, saying he doesn't even know. And I'm like, does he not know that those two beat him up, or does he not know that Lunatic's also there and beat him up? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What 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 are they reacting to with their giggle, giggle, giggle uh, sound effects they're saying to themselves? And also the fact uh, that they're standing on that fucking that billboard. Yes, that um, billboard, that recurring <laughs> billboard about Little Aurora's <laughs> book called Hope. Um, mm. So I don't I don't know if this is just these set of episodes or whether there's more planned. Um, mm. I'm confused because that is definitely a thing that's a recurring thing. Throughout the episode, I was like, is he going to pay off now, or is that thing laid for a future date? Like, like, way, way down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could be. Yeah, and are they even watching Tiger, or are they watching one of the other people? And it's a, it, it's a red herring to throw you <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, it's just the framing of it, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a fun episode that is definitely... the All the plots are now heading towards... Not an ending, but you can see they they've actually left the uh, the start the start line, and uh, they're actually going somewhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they've all joined up. So yeah, the the, the stuff with Jimmy Olsen is also or- Ouroboros related, even though the scientists don't know that. They're just 
yeah, doing yeah. work for a client. And say we get we get more of an idea of Aura because Ouroboros was always a little weird in the first one. Is that you, the initial villain appears to be like some sort of chaotic terrorist, but then he's actually working mm. for the businessman, or the businessman's also in Ouroboros. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's like they're a terrorist organization, but they also appear to be legitimate businessmen who make investments in things. So, are they really? Is is the terrorist organization part a front as well? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could easily read it that way, and and the way they're going with the the corporate sponsored superheroes is like, are you? Is this part of making sure there's always going to be someone for them to fight? <laughs> that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nemo children is what they were called. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Nemo's children or something like that. Yeah. It's um, an interesting one, but I guess it's just the particular thing that pumped out these the two albino weirdos who we still don't know what the fuck it is they do. <laughs> no, we don't know what the powers are yet. Um, mm. We don't know if they've taken the drug um, mm. or what the deal is. Not long to find out, though. So, uh, heading in the closing stretch. Then we've got Birdie Wing, Golf Girl Story, Episode 9, with a title which sounds like it's come from Kaguya-sama. (laughs) Ichina Sayatomi (laughs) wants to be a pro caddy, which we're finally introduced to the main character of the show, Ichina Sayatomi. Oh, dear. Um, Uh, Yeah, she she wants to be a pro caddy, but she keeps getting up late, keeps half-sleeping out of bed, like sleep putting her alarm on sleep and she nearly bags a lift off uh, the very fancy golf heiress i'm not exactly sure what that yeah. i mean <laughs> she's essentially mako from kill the kill but with one particular competent skill the one which is what mako was lacking and that is mm. she's an excellent caddy mm-hmm um, she she will give you the best advice because one of the things she's the first thing I think she says to our golf heiress isn't hey could you give me a lift or oh it's so nice to meet you or good morning it's like hey you should have fucking used a seven iron rather than an eight iron on that hole on the last fucking thing and it's just like <laughs> you weren't accounting for and your one's like you fucking ca- uh, calling my cattiness into question and it's like no 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 you just weren't accounting for the wind resistance that was particular to the day it was unusual so I totally get it. I mean like it, it's still pretty good like um which I was just like that's pretty funny that she had to put her foot in it by being good at what she does. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good episode where it establishes, it has to establish like three new characters, personalities. You've got Chida, mm-hmm. you've got the first year who ends up getting challenged by Eve, and you've mm-hmm. got the uh, head of, um, what do they call it? Is it, the, is it a club or is it a team? I think it's the team. Yeah, captain, I think it's the team it? captain and she's got an injury, so she can't play golf right now. Yeah. So that's a whole thing, yeah. Um, and we also get introduced to the second male character of the show. Well, third, <laughs> I guess, because there's also the mafia guy. So third main char- male character, uh, who is Amaru Ray from Gundam. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the uh, coach of the school's team. Yeah, so Eve's shown up. She introduces herself by hitting a ball extremely fast past the face of Ichida Sertome and the other girl whose name I've forgotten. Uh, the, the other girl is kind of like you got to be my caddy because you're really good at being a caddy and it's like well you're just mitching off from school so why the fuck should i help you it's like yeah but like if you're my caddy then like we'll be fucking simpatico and because her goal is to be a top caddy so she can make more money than some of the top golfers yes 
at least she's honest. But uh, yeah, she she Eve gets their attention by hitting a ball in between them like really low and long, and they put like fucking that's really dangerous. It's like nah, it's it's cool. I can do whatever I want. And it's like well, we don't allow people here who aren't like from this school, so you gotta leave. It's like no, I'm just I'm just here to meet my friend, so don't worry about it. Yeah, and so um, they end up. Uh, so the the team captain will tell uh, Aoi that Eve is here if she can beat. Uh, Haraka, that's the uh, first year's name. Mm. In a and if Haraka wins, then she'll put her on the team, like less on the like cleaning up after them, picking up bags, that kind of stuff. Yeah, which uh, is uh, quite the enticing thing for her. So yeah, it's, it's they, a one uh, hole match because we don't have a. It's a. It's an anime. We don't have time for a full like eighteen yes. fucking holes or anything like that. Uh, yeah, so the tee off. Uh, Haraka does a good job, as observed by uh, Satomi. Um, mm. And Haruka's thing is she was precision. That's her mentality. Precision, precision, precision. Um, it's not so all about how far you can drive it. Yeah, and so when he just goes for power and uh, hits even further. And uh, yeah, and the team captain agrees with Eve's approach that if you can hit it really far, then that gives you more options. What? Uh, yeah, the, you'll have the closer to you are to the hole, the, the more easier it'll yes. be each next shot. Um, and obviously our <laughs> our main character, um, Ichina, is kind of like, uh, you're not even listening to my voice. It's like, no, I'm just really good at golf. And it's like, yeah, but I know the hole better. So it's before um, this that she's been completely enamored with Eve's body, though, isn't it? I think. Oh yeah, she's kind of grabbing her in very inappropriate ways. I mean, like not a sex thing i mean it might be for her but probably not it's more so you have to you have a perfect golfer's musculature yes. kind of thing it's yeah. back to what i said a few episodes ago is the sexiest part of a woman is her golf swing and that holds true <laughs> to Sheena, <laughs> as she declares that she's in love with uh, the amazing golf body that eve's got uh, mm-hmm. there's also a funny recurring gag where eve has to constantly refer to her passport to remember what her fake name is because people ask her who the hell are you and it's like my, my name is and th- she's having trouble pronouncing the surname also part way through you one's like hello do you know where my friend is and it's like uh i don't really speak english very well and then she speaks fluent japanese like you speak japanese it's like i guess i do okay that's that's a new thing i learned today Yes, and you're like, is that a plot point, or is it just a way to get around the idea that they wouldn't be able to communicate with these other characters? I, I assume she's possible. actually, based off of her fake uh, name that she has now, and the fact that she speaks fluent Japanese, and the amnesia, she's actually like half Japanese or something. Yeah, I, was su- I mean, I, I'm happy to go along with the assumption that other people have got, is that she's the daughter of uh, Aoi's mother... Which then probably puts into question Ayo's parentage. Right, right. Like, is she adopted? Because um, when you look at the two of them, which of the two characters resembles Ayo's mother the most? It's Eve. Yeah. Eve is yeah. the one who resembles her. Very mother. clearly both blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she uh, hits it off, and then Echina uh, suggests the uh, six iron, but Eve says, if you want to be my caddy, you've got to learn how I play. And that explains her rainbow bullet theory and then uses it's the red bullet, isn't it, where she just whacks it high into That's the, the air. That's the driver one. Oh no, that yeah, for the just the high one, yeah. Yeah, and she whacks tries it to high. drop it straight into the hole. Mm. Yes. Uh, and then Nishina uh 
says, oh, I was very well done. She says, no, 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 what you got to do then? And then turns to uh, Mizunu and says, uh, what she say? Uh, oh, I'll get it. I'd get it next time. Or something. She was like, it was going back to episode one of like undermining the confidence of your opponent by yeah, being uh, yeah. super cocky about it. Because the 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 head of the team, um, she's kind of like looking at this this first year and kind of going like, Jesus, her confidence fucking destroyed at the second swing immediately. Like your one's sweating buckets, basically kind of going like, shit, shit, shit. How am I going to catch up? And that's but, where Sheena um, comes in and tells her exactly the shot she should take. Uh, and Eve is happy with that because uh, then she knows that Sheena's a good person and also realises why she likes Sheena is she's got the same facial <laughs> the same facial structure as Lily <laughs> just like the same, that, like one over the top yeah like literally the same facial structure, less freckles and also kind of like has the same kind of cutesy girl poses I guess, same kind of enthusiasm I think is the thing. Yeah super enthusiastic um, hmm. she's kind of got like 60s, early 70s uh, girls' sports manga hair as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I think is a deliberate choice on uh, yeah. that yeah. part. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, she hits it right, but she's just not good enough to actually get it in the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yes, Yoe can meet Eve, and she does, and then we get another great gag where she rushes to hug Eve. Like Eve was just literally pulling up on that golf course. The, the coach had to do nothing, or the trainer yes. had to do nothing. Um, and tries to hug her, and then Eve dodges deftly, and then doesn't know <laughs> why she instinctively uh, did some sort of combat dodge uh, to avoid being attacked. Uh, hmm. And then we get loads of comedy about where you're going to live, Eve. You're, you could live with me in my room. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, the whole thing was like, well, it's like, well, I can't go back home for various reasons, as she relays, while they're both showering and it tries to keep it non-sexy until Eve obviously bursts out and um, saying, he's like, we got to golf. Come on, let's fucking golf. Um, but they kind of settle on. I'll tell you what, you're a transfer student now. You're in the school, obviously. Obviously, that's where this was going, even though you didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, and you got the gag of Aoi doing a very poor job of hiding her eyes from Eve's nudity. Uh, in that yeah. she's not doing it at all. She's, she's cons- like she's she's covering her eyes with her fingers, but she her fingers are splayed open so she can have a look. Yes. Again, it's it's done more. I, it is done the, the kind of sexy thingy, but it's done more so. It's like this character is clearly in love with this other character rather than. Ogle a fucking underage girl, which is a different kind of anime. <laughs> well, Fortunately. I was going to say, <laughs> keep yourself strapped in. It may turn out to be that sort of anime. I know, I know. I'm videos. fucking, I'm, I'm worried it's going to go that way the whole fucking time. And obviously this episode was no um, me letting it off the hook or anything. No. Uh, it's funny, <sighs> though. It, it's, done for, it's all done for comedy in this. It's yeah, done, that's, that's it's, the difference. Yeah, it's not done specifically to uh, be horny or ogle the characters. It is the but you're characters. asking an animator to do it. And yeah, that's, get a... that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, based on other shows that this screenwriter has written, uh, <laughs> he knows a lot of uh, animators who, uh, who uh, may not make it as funny as it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's funny here. and uh, yeah, Who knows how often this is going to be? Probably very rarely 
because it's mainly a golf anime. Yeah, um, yeah. Now the question is: Are these other? I think there's like, uh, we've we've had the one pair who we they met at the airport before. I guess they'll be mm-hmm. coming back at some point. Looks like there's another pair to be dealt with at some point too. I think somebody said mentioned. I think in the next episode, it's going to be like a pairs golf tournament they're taking part in. So that might explain. Right. So I guess right, we may yeah. get like two rounds of um uh of competition there. Mm-hmm. And I guess Maybe we to get... get through the characters a little quicker as well, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we'll get some fun stuff because we'll have more of uh a Mane uh you know, is caddy interacting with a cheetah. Mm-hmm. Um, of which we've got a little bit there. And I do like about it is when people start asking questions about Eve, I just give it. I don't know anything. Just stop asking me questions. <laughs> I've given up trying to figure out everything that's going on in that girl's head. Essentially, <laughs> is what her approach is at this point. Mm-hmm. I think she knows that oh, Eve motivates her, so therefore we'll tolerate Eve. Um, yeah, just about. Yes. Um, so yeah, we got the we got the new relationship set up with Eve and uh, Ichina now. So it's the question of like, how will they gel as a team? Will Eve, I guess, will eventually have to acknowledge Ichina's caddying skills, and it once Ichina has figured out like what's Eve's skill set. Also, she'll have to like justify her own like tra- presumably tragic backstory and all that kind of jazz because um the closest she comes in this episode in the showers i'm thinking it was like hey what's my family doing back in um not the uk kind of thing and we do cut back to them they're doing grand you don't yes. have to worry about them but she she tries to distract herself by immediately challenging Aoi to to golf basically yeah yeah and so after the credits with them is like yeah the three youngest go in school is like you never send me to school i wonder what eve's up to and then that gives us mm. the final thing of Eve introducing herself as the transfer student at the school. And the reason why, I mean, the cap, the team captain and the coach have manipulated this because yes, we know the team captain is not going to be ready for the tournament. And so, therefore, she was trying to find a replacement. Uh, Basically a why. ringer at this stage. Yeah, 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 that's why she was putting Eve up against the other girl to figure out which uh, one of them would yeah, be replacement. She'd seen what she did in the tournament. The reason is, it's like, okay, you're yeah. good, so you'll do for now. Yeah. So it's it feels different. I assume at some point the assassins will show up, and it will become <laughs> <laughs> even weirder. I hope so because I mean, like, I don't mind at the moment that it's like, hey, now it's a thing about a golf school. I'm like, all right, but I know you can pull some crazy shit, shit show, so I'm I'm just waiting for it basically. Yeah. And I think mm. Ichida's like a big enough character that she replaces Viper quite well. <laughs> it's, it's, who it's can replace Viper in our hearts though it's yeah. a different sort of bigness but it, yeah it's like somebody who is possibly into golf more than our two main lead characters are <laughs> I, I guess into it as a, as a caddy is kind of like into it as a spectator more so as someone who plays it for a living that kind of way yeah well no she's into like the technical because she knows like she knows like oh the, where the best place you should put your tea the best yeah, club yeah. you should use. The she knows all about the courses, so I assume she's somebody who's going to be doing research when they go to different courses. She loves. Mm-hmm. She she's going to be doing the stuff that Eve's never going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can. Yeah. That's my plan. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. assume the drama will be Eve having to learn to listen to Vegeta. 
Because mm-hmm. um, that, that's a thing that's not been there in those previous episodes, is it? Because yeah, yeah. Lily's just there to collect the money, really, as a caddy. She wasn't really there to offer any sort of golfing advice. The the golfing was a way for her to get those very expensive Gundam kits. Yeah. Yeah. And Rose had other ulterior motives as well. So Yeah. It does yeah. it does change things up a bit. And I guess mm. I guess eventually Leo will show back up again. Probably like after the first round of the golf tournament and then it'll be in the news and then he'll see it. Assassins will see it. This is all my <laughs> predictions now. It's everything everything's yeah. on the board after somebody's robot arm flew off. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, fun stuff. Then we got your boy Kobe, episode 10, Dreamer. Who is the Dreamer? It's Kobe. Because he has a dream towards the end of the episode, which carefully allows them not to play the song yet. <laughs> yeah, just trying to keep that one in their pocket. Because uh, we've heard the arrangement, but we haven't heard her singing to it. So, yeah. Yes. So essentially, this episode is our hero and heroine. Everything's going great for them. They've got their mm. mojo working. We're going to get a song arranged. We're going to retitle it. He's going to win his rap battle, uh, which doesn't feel so much of his women winning as Sekatoba is like, excellent. The work is done. We've drawn him back out onto the stage. He's now back to being the man I know he is. So therefore, yeah, and it's not even that he was, because um, obviously they were initially doing like the I'm bigger than you, I'm bigger than you kind of rapping, but then he just started rapping about what rapping means to him kind yes. of thing. And he's like, that's when he, he smiles back at him. It's just like, yeah, okay, you, you got it. You got what you had. And I'm not even going to let the audience cheer decide this. I'm just going to hold your hand up. It's like, yeah, he won. Yeah. And so then while, while everything's going wonderfully and that our heroes are happy, in Azalea, it's quite a different story. As pure <laughs> evil capitalism techniques to get those likes come into play. <clears throat> and uh, what do you want? Do you want to be back selling no records again? Well, we're going to have to do this money giveaway to bribe people into liking you. So we can get on that bill of the uh, festival. I did like seeing some of the other stuff as well, like not directly with Azalea and the manager, um, but with um, our main character kind of walking around town and seeing the billboard and you hear people going like, oh, is that, that I've seen that bus around. Yeah, it's the Azalea thing. Yeah, they're pretty good. Like they're creating buzz slowly but surely. Yes. Yeah, that was the deal with the blimp. That's the deal with that fucking van that keeps doing arounds, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they produced the record. Uh it's a great arrangement. She's like, I can't believe I wrote a song this good now that she's heard the arrangement. I really mm. want to sing. So she starts to sing, and that sends Komei off into a reverie where he thinks he's time-slipped back in time. Um, but this is before... This is the first time he's met... Um, uh, Liu Bei. Liu Bei. Um, and he's just like, oh, okay, this is just me remembering this kind of stuff, so I'm going to use this to to say hello again. And also... Uh, apparently that guy could carry a tune, so <laughs> yes. that's our through line for Kome. Yeah, and it's nice to see him on the back foot for a bit, because he's normally so calm, collective, everything's going according to plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you reminded him, like, oh, this was the stuff, this is why he's here in the first place, is because the emotional connection that her songs make to him. And mm-hmm. now it's the best version of any of her songs she's ever done because of the production by uh, 
not Steve Aoki. Um, By Pudding Man. Um, yes. And she keeps trying to call him. That's what he's in on as her phone as well, which is great. Yeah, um, she has to keep stop, stop. She has to stop herself halfway through when she just ends up calling him that. Uh, uh, but the one thing he the, the only like correction he kind of has for her is it's like can you come up with a better title because what was it uh, Rapangi Ramen Shop or something I think is the name yes. of a working title um, is just like doesn't really doesn't really have any thing to it so if you could fix that and so she's trying to come up with a cool title of which the the bartender of the club is of zero fucking help to come up with a cool title. <laughs> Uh, I think that was it. The episode, it, yeah, it flew fairly flew by. So, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, like, it managed to bounce around between our various characters doing their various things um, in a way that, yeah, made it go really easy. Then we got the Demon Girl next door, season two, episode eight. Sparks fly, light and dark go on a joint excursion. Uh, this is the mm-hmm. thing I was struggling to remember exactly what happened, apart from the stuff with the tapir. Uh, also, Those are all the, the funniest bits, and any time I, he like slipped into speaking English was very very good. So yeah, yeah. So we get some background on the fox lady. She explains how her cooking works. She like invests it with feelings. Yeah, because our, our our main uh, demoness, um, she wants to learn how to make a good box lunch for their day trip to the zoo. Um, because now it's just like, well, fuck, I gotta like make a good box lunch. I'll go to the restaurant because the fox lady makes makes box lunches and she'll be able to tell them, tell me how to do it. But her way of learning to cook was constantly getting her caught because she was, you know, manipulating the minds of weaker men and um, like then a priestess would come and basically chase her out of town. <laughs> uh, like the Incredible Hulk, but with cooking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so she does an example, then feeds the tapir, and then the tapir starts hallucinating because she's invested it with psychedelics. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, which is very funny as they're carrying having the conversation and the tapir occasionally wanders past saying things like, I am the Eggman. Um, <laughs> and then uh, after he comes out of it, he's like, what the fuck? Why did you make me high as shit? And it's like, oh, because I just think you need to relax a bit because, you know, you deserve it. You, you work so hard. It's like, I instantly forgive you. And it's like, this is why she gets away with this shit all the fucking time. Uh, yeah, it also explains, like, magical girls would defeat them and they'd get a token when they defeat And then the they could use those tokens to make a wish and the more tokens you have the bigger the wish you can make that's the compensation for being a magical girl so we're like walking vending machines for them uh, so it's nice to be protected I assume from the magical girl's scourge and that just obviously makes her think it's like wow they could have been fucking getting a wish out of me if they wanted so that's really cool of them to help me out instead of like defeating me once and for all uh, but the, the tapir is worried of how uh, Yoko's powers will develop. They could go bad, they could be good, because she's got so much potential. Uh, I mean, like, she can turn her fucking fork into, like, a, a perfectly uh, greased um, cast iron yeah, walk. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. And also, you can enter people's dreams and affect the way they think. You can, like, inception them. It's like, yeah, I can do that as well. It's like, fuck, that's, that's really good, but... Then he sees her burn the Karage, and it's just like, mm, okay, yeah. I mean, potentially very useful powers, but like in her hands right now, I'm not really going to do much with it. Uh, and Mikan sent, well, Mikan's given Momo clothes advice, so she's gone clothes shopping, and she remembers that mm. she should get a simple black t-shirt, and then behind her in the shop, 
there are they are selling t-shirts which just have the words simple black t-shirt and simple white t-shirt printed on them uh, and you want- I always wanted to make like a t-shirt that just had the washing instructions like printed on it you know that kind of way I, I always thought that would be really fucking good <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and she wants one but they don't have, didn't have one in her side, size mm. then they end up going to the zoo all together mm. uh, the tapir is constantly worried that he's going to be murdered by magical girls since he's going yes. to the zoo with magical girls. And the reason they managed to blag their way on is because the bento box they made is good enough for like four or five people. So they kind of invite themselves along for a fourth and fifth member. Whereas that Momo's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were just going to have one third wheel on this date, not like two more third wheels. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. So they, they split into two groups. Um, but not necessarily the groups that they'd want to be together. Yes. Uh, they, we get the explanation of the tapir's back pain. It's because he's forcing himself to wander around on two legs all the time. To blend in, he says, as we see multiple people going like, is that a fucking tapir outside of the zoo? Um, that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it does draw more attention to him. And obviously, the ki- every kid wants to pet him, even though he's like, this is not the petting part of the zoo, but you can absolutely pet me. The zookeepers try and catch him. He's like, no, I'm a visiting tapir. And they're like, well, that's not our fucking problem then, you know. Yes. I love how understanding the zookeepers are. Like, oh, well, if you're a tapir from if you're a tapir from abroad, we don't have to catch you. <laughs> None of their tapirs are escaped. It's not their problem. Yeah. Easy enough. Again, all the tapir content in this episode is fantastic. Um, I think my favorite is when he tells the fox girl to shut up in English. Um, just, Just great stuff. Is that when he grovels in apology afterwards? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he just says her name and just shut up kind of thing. Um, it's very good. But uh, yes, um, Momo keeps getting distracted by looking at the animals for too long because she loves animals. Uh, and so our main character comes up to her and goes like, hey, uh, let's eat lunch together. Eat this big lunch that I made. Uh, but Momo has recognized that you have none of the qualities of my girlfriend. I mean, the demon girl. Uh of the title character and uh it is the fox girl in disguise but she was trying to trick her into eating leaves but those leaves were medicinal so was it evil a little it was a little evil because she does say she does like watching making shrine priestesses eat grass because it's funny (laughs) little evil but for momo's benefit because her magical power is all topsy-turvy after turning temporary after changing classes i think is the way they put it (laughs) Turning evil temporarily um, <clears throat> in recent times. Uh, then they go home and... after for, after remembering that they forgot to get the exclusive pet the baby tiger um, pass. Oh yeah, how does the fox <clears throat> turn into like a little fox? She turns into her f- full fox form. It's like you can pet me instead. And oh, that's she's it. Like, yes, this is no good. I hate this. And everyone's like, I want I want to pet her now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes, it's as cute as a button. Yeah. Uh, and then we end with uh, the creepy girl from school is planning on doing something, I assume, next episode. Yeah, we basically check in on all the characters who haven't been in the show so far. Creepy girl's going to do some creepy shit. The other girl's like, uh, what does she do? She's like selling me, as usual, I think is her thing. Yeah, and Lilith's, like, and Lilith's been asleep all the episode. Uh, <laughs> I do like the point at which when the tapia runs into one of the regulars from the restaurant, cause the, she's like, I'd recognize you from somewhere. This I'm the manager at the restaurant. We then have a cutaway scene to check in on that lady's dog. 
<laughs> yeah, we check in on all the characters, including a fucking dog that we see on the rig because he's in the neighborhood, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I remember more than I thought, but the Tapia stuff is the stuff which it sticks in my mind because he's such a great. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a start, Tapias were always one of my favorite animals. If I was going to a zoo, I'd want to see the Tapias because that's what I did with as a kid. It's it's uh, like an elephant that is bad at being an elephant. Like it has none of the qualities of an elephant. Its trunk isn't yes. long enough. It's not big enough. It doesn't have gigantic ears. What's the fucking point? So, but you know, it's, it's great. It is really cool. Yeah. And they are looking up stuff about tapirs at the zoo on their phone because tapirs are so good. So I get it. And, a, and there's a middle-aged man who aches all the time. I also, he's the guy <laughs> I relate to the most. I, again, every time he comes into the show, I'm kind of like, oh, he's got no injuries this time. He's got a little plaster on his back, and then he manages to injure himself over the course of the episode. So, yeah. Uh, that is Simon Kadama Kawashiri, episode 16, which did not have a title at the time of going to press at Crunchyroll. Where... It didn't even have like a, it had a coming soon as, yes. a, as a picture when you click on it. it. This is how good it is as, as a life hacker thing. You don't need to title your episode. You don't even need to put a preview image up on the fucking episode, but you're grand. This is, this is more cost-cutting on Sony's part um, mm-hmm. with this this combination with Funimation and Crunchyroll. They can't afford thumbnails <laughs> anymore. Or probably I, what I imagine is the least watched show of the season. Um, anyway, it only takes two minutes. Why are you not watching this show, everyone? I don't get it. Anyway, also, it's, it's too real as well. It continues the story from last week as we check in on one of her friends from around the town. It's the guy who stands mm. outside the supermarket um, eating and drinking all day. Uh, he's obviously she's... very healthy because he's there every day, come rain or shine. So, you know, yeah. he'll be she grand. Has... He'll live forever. Runs past him and then one day comes back and he's not there, but his coat's hanging on the uh, the safety uh, railing at the, by the mm-hmm. road. And then as she gets closer, she realises, oh no, it's not on the coat, it's him hanging over the safety railing of the road. He's doubled over, still mumbling. Um, it's just like, is this normal? But by the time she comes back from her shopping, like he's there eating chips, so he's probably fine. Yes. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> it felt real, you know what I mean? Like this is yes. a thing that definitely happened. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. These are, these are definitely these are the people in your neighbourhood that Bob on Sesame Street did not tell you about. Uh, <laughs> but I'm Kadama Kawashiri. Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic, Episode 9, Spring of the First Year, Kaguya's Culture Festival, and Yu Ishigami's Culture Festival. Tell us hmm. all about it, Dwayne. I'm going to try and do this, because generally I have Niall to lean on to get me all the names right, and to remember like <laughs> half of the episode. Uh, so, uh, it actually opens up with a um, like a kind of a flashback, and it's talking like, hey, if, if the first person to admit... You, you the little the other person the person loses uh that are um miyuki kind of thing like it, it's commenting on miyuki he's like if it was the first person who thought that they were in love with the other person it's like he would have lost long ago so it kind of cuts back to like a year ago um where he was first getting like headhunted by the the former president to be presumably the president that he was then um and he's kind of like, I don't like all these rich toffs. They're all like, I'm just a newcomer here. They went to the, the junior school and now they're in the high school. And I'm considered lesser because I didn't go through the same system. And he's kind of like, I feel like an outsider. And he's like, yeah, but I need the, the, the old president was like, I need that kind of perspective. But Kaguya um, is kind of cold ice queen thing. And he's just like, what's her, what's her deal? And it's just like, ah, oh, you know, he's she, you'd be hard pressed to get her involved in anything. 
but as he's been kind of convinced by the president to clean a pond with the rest of the gang, um, someone falls in and she can't swim, and she's like, oh, somebody help me, but everyone else is like, oh, I don't want to get my uniform dirty, and he's like, I- I'd love to jump in, but I can't swim, and he's he's frozen in fear. In the meantime, Kaguya has off-screen tied a rope around herself and dashed her in and saved uh, this girl who was drowning, um, regardless of her own safety kind of thing, and just quick thinking, and he's so impressed, he's like, that's true beauty when you can just put yourself on the line like that. So it's it's like a year ago before he even met her and it was introduced to her. Like basically he fell in love with her for her actions rather than her looks. And I was just like, oh, that's nice. Um, did not recommend that I watch an episode from first or second season. But I didn't actually need to because I've actually caught up on the, the comic enough that I knew who the characters coming up were. So that's great. <laughs> um, there's a cafe shop and they're getting Kaguya to wear um, the traditional uh, maid outfit, a Taisho maid or something like that. Um, but And she's drawn a lot of attention and she's like, I just need to wait here so the president will come along and then I can serve him serve him tea and then it'll be all like, you know, it'll obviously make make me him closer to me and he might think to confess to me. I need to get some alone time with the president. But she's so good at being attractive at the front of the thing that there's a big queue of dudes who want to get in now, repeat customers and everything, and it's not working out. Also, who shows up are are two of the top ramen kings of the, the thing, and basically they they have this thing of just like we are like we're experts on ramen, but now they're like commenting on the coffee where the Kagi is trying to serve him coffee, and they're like, no, not you. You don't have the hands. You got the unsteady hands. You can't make coffee. I want her, and they point to her maid who is in the maid cafe dressed as a maid which is confusing the fuck out of Kaguya. It's like, you can't be in your secret, your actual identity, in your secret identity as a student in the school. It's messing with her. But they've identified that she'd be able to pour a good cup of coffee. And Kaguya's like, listen, I can't do fucking coffee, but I can do tea. So she pours him like a well-crafted thing of tea and he has a drink of it. It's like, this is excellent fucking tea. And I know why it's excellent. And he loudly announces to the restaurant, well, to his mate, the other uh, ramen expert across the way, that um, like... I can tell this tea is amazing because it was brewed with love. You kept the thought of the person you love in your mind. That's why this tea tastes so fucking good. This is the tea of love of a, of a young woman in love. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Cause the president's obviously at the door waiting in the queue kind of thing. And it's like, she doesn't want him to hear, but uh, yeah, he manages to fuck off eventually. And she does serve the president. Some of her tea brewed with love. Uh, he likes it. All good. Um, then we get you doing a lot of setup with uh, Subama, and he's like, I gotta figure out a situation which I can confess to her, but I'm like trying to manufacture one. Meanwhile, the other glasses dudes are hovering around, clearly also waiting for their opportunity to confess to her. <laughs> she's very popular. Um, our hot and cold girl shows up, and she's giving generally good advice, but she keeps getting caught in her own emotional state of the boy that she likes going out with another girl and that kind of, that makes it awkward, especially when that boy specifically shows up and is like, hey, what are you guys talking about? Oh, you fancy her? Hmm, that's cool. Uh, and then the girlfriend shows up and she's like, wait, both of you guys are friends with this weird, creepy guy? And th- th- she's like, well, then you're my friend too because if these, if my best friend and my boyfriend think you're cool, then obviously you're cool. And they're trying to help him set up this thing. So it's like, hey, why don't you invite her to the ghost house? Well, they'll like put you in a locker and she might like, you know, like squeeze you and get all scared and shit. And apparently she's in tower. So give it a go and brings up the courage to do it, manages to get her to go. All the other glasses guy are pointing the ray of broken hearts at him. 
Um, but I guess we're going to see how that turns out next episode as we get some creepy cam footage of like how possibly this could go wrong. And the answer is probably many ways, yeah. Excellent. Then we've got Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, episode 80. So probably four-fifths of the way through now. <laughs> uh, am I reckoning? Uh, episode 80, Checkmates, in which Hyunkle faces off alone against uh, Maximum and the rest of the chess set. Hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Maximum is, for a character who only gets to do something in one episode, a fantastic character, and I think he's great. <laughs> he's great. He's particularly great because yeah, he boasts, and then Hyunkle insults him because he's talking about how he's like the pride of Vern. It's like, if you're Vern's most powerful warrior, why are you here not guarding, not guarding Vern? Yeah, if you're um, if you're the guard of Vern, why aren't you fucking guarding him then? It's well, like, I'm well, you too, and then I'm going to go and help this Vern out. Like, Maybe I'll leave here a little longer just to. Just, I'll so wait till Miss Vern gets beat up, so I'll come yes. in and save him, and that'll make me look even better because I'm great. Uh, I got the scouter fucking ability. That's yes. right. I can see your fucking level. I can see your HP, your MP, all that fucking shit. I'm going to send my pawns after you. So he sends all the pawns after him. And then he gets them to return, but one of them does not return. It is stuck on her uncle's fist, and then it shatters. And he's like, okay. And then her uncle's like, I was right, him. They're nothing like you. I could just just smash these guys because they don't have a soul. Uh, You're Mm -hmm. alive, him. Um, And then, yes, he just smashes and smashes and smashes. And Rexham is like, he's only got one hit point left. How can I not finish him? Oh, I need to nick him. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, thinking this is an RPG when it's actually an anime, so he's he's not paying attention to the genre rules, basically. Uh, he sends like the specialist pieces after them, and he just smashes those as well because he said they're nothing mm-hmm. like the ones Hadler had. They're just pup- they're just puppets. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, he backs off. He gets his paws to defend him because he's the king. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but then he uncle attacks him, points out that you're just the king. You're a useless piece. You can only give out orders. Uh, and that, and like the the pieces that you command, don't have wills of their own. You you order surround me and defend me, and it's just like, yeah, but they can't really act of their own will. You need to tell them what to do in every given situation. That's like that's crap. How am I going to defeat this Hyunkle? Uh Also, yeah, he's like powering through with fortitude. Uh, and then he <laughs> goes through his database yeah. and he realizes, oh, this Hyunkle, he's got a weak point. His friends, and then hurls him off the battlements. <laughs> hmm. Uh, one friend who happens to be there. So Yunkel yes. reaches out to grab him, and now he can just step on Yunkel. He's just like, yep, yeah, that's your weak spot. So I can easily... Last, get rid of that last hit point. Here it comes. I'm going to punch you. I'm going to lose that. You lose your last hit point. You're both going to die. Oh, I got, I got a spear right through my head. Um. <laughs> <laughs> who could have thrown that spear with such accuracy? Surely only a wielder of a spear who knows how to do that kind of shit could do it. And yeah, it's, it's Larry Hart. It's like, Hey guys, I'm here. Uh, yes. then, <laughs> but you, according to my records, you're dead. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like to him, explains who he is to him. It's like, well, it looks like miracles do come in twos or threes these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay, right. This guy is super fast. Yeah. Great. You know, I'm super fast. Well done. Now watch me do this. Okay. Right. So yeah. Porn's taken care of. Um, and then he said, like, well, Okay, well, I'm just going to bid you farewell now, Lahart. We'll, we'll meet again, we'll fight again, but I'll allow you this victory. Now, like, no, if you move, you're dead, mate. 
I've already sliced you off into multiple pieces. If you, if you can only stand there for the rest of your life. Ah, you're playing mind games with me. I'm the fucking king. I'm all about the mind games. You can't, you can't play a player. All right. See you guys later. Flies off and then immediately fucking dies. Yes. Um, also, at this point, Great. he's only got half a beard. He's had half a beard sliced Younger, off. Younger, off did he, younger punched off half of his mustache, which is just... Yeah. that's Because I love his mustache design, but the fact that Younger punched it off was just like, oh, that's so good. Everything the, about this character is fantastic. Yes. And the fact that it is at the end, he's gloating with half a beard <laughs> really adds to the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the meaningless of his words. I think um, if I if I run an RPG at some stage, like late game, like you're going towards the final boss, I'm gonna have some badass show up just to let the heroes get absolutely fucking kick the shit out of them so they feel great about themselves because that's a it's an excellent placement of a total fucking goober basically. Yeah. And yeah. then the expression on him's face is like, holy shit, that guy was a fucking idiot, and then realizing. <laughs> That could have been me. I could have been one of those pawns. I could have been. There was a one in eight chance that I could be fucking dead right now. Jesus! Like, yeah, he's <laughs> counting on his fingers. You get a bit of wackiness from um, from him, which is kind of like that and a piece of uh, maximum hitting him in the fucking forehead. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. So it's like, yeah, he's a good guy now because we're getting comedy moments from him. So yeah. yeah, and his face has like become much more expressive. Yes, uh, yes. Like even more expressive than Hadler's ever was. It's. Uh... Mm, mm. It, it's good stuff uh, I can't remember if we check in with Mistfern at any point during this or not I don't think so, I think it's just everybody on the bridge isn't it? And the yeah, other, yeah, the other, stuck on the bridge <laughs> The other fun thing to remember at this point is like somewhere way off in the distance on this bridge are the other lads coming with that healing food <laughs> just I'm not even sure if him can even eat food but yeah, I guess we'll yeah. find out yeah, so um, next episode, I think it looks like Mistvern stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will he finally reveal his secret face? I mean, like at some stage before he dies, yeah, yeah. probably. And I, I guess maybe uh, Lahart might explain how he's back from the dead. Oh, I think the next, like the the preview suggested, Larhart's basically like, "You guys suck. I'm taking my spear and I'm gonna fucking fight the guy." <laughs> I believe that is that is what's gonna happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, uh, but I think we get a nice spot with that as well. Of like, okay, okay. I think he's like, oh, basically saying he uncle you fought enough. Yes, I'll handle this from that one. Uh, which, when you think about it, he probably has. So hopefully, that's a nice touch. Uh, and of mm. course, whether with twenty plus episodes or so to go, uh, that is true or not is another question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will wait and see. Uh, then we've got Detective Conan, episode 1045, The Birthday Party of Divine Punishment, in which uh, we are introduced to a brand new character, another one of the school friends of the uh, high school girls. However, she's a potential victim or a potential murderer because her age and occupation is given. <laughs> so... That is true. That, uh, seventeen. I think they're all seventeen, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, they're all in the same class. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to find her name. She's got a sister who's. An act- I think the actress character's been in it before. Oh, okay. I think she's an established character, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, well, all the characters act like they know her because they're reading about her in the magazine. Yeah, and everything. Could be that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. 
21-year-old model, who is the sister of Yumi, who is the classmate of Shinichi, Ran, and Masumi. They've been invited to this party for uh, Remy, the model. Uh, it's technically like both their birthday parties because they like they're like a day or two between them, so they celebrate their birthday on the same day. And they might you're you're my friends. You might as well come to my birthday party. She does have ulterior motives, but yeah, yes. Um, and they've also bought Conan with them, who does not want to be there. A because it's a party for these teenage girls, uh, and B because he's got a cold sore. Which so that's means, a plot point is very funny. He has difficult well, yeah, so it's a plot weirdly the Colsaw is a plot point for the overall plot of the entire show. Uh the fact huh. he's got Okay. He wouldn't have the tablet box with him there otherwise. Oh would, yeah, of course, you're right. <laughs> that would not advance the plot. He's accidentally um, put his cold sore medicine in with the one pill he has to turn back. Yes. The pill that mm. Mary has sent. Uh, Masumi out to get off him um, mm. and of course we know fully well at this point that Masumi has figured out that Conan is Shinichi Conan I think is pretty close to figuring everything out about Masumi um, he's just missing some pieces yeah yeah. Um, but before they can get to all that there's a murder but before we get to the murder we're introduced to the suspects the other suspects are the manager Matomu the mm-hmm. A pastry chef who went to school with Remy, uh, Suguo, and mm. we also meet the victim, 32-year-old hair and makeup artist, uh, Mizutoshi, who is a creep, and the reason why that, uh, Yugi <laughs> had invited the other girls there as to be a bodyguard in case he tried anything on with her. Yeah, because he's he's hit on uh, her sister before. Um, when doing her hair and makeup, but he's really good at it in the industry. He's really sought after, so they him. Uh, her, the sister and the manager put up with it, but he, he also hit on the seventeen-year-old. Also, he is married. They do establish yes. that he's just a real fucking creep. They only keep him around because he's good at his job. Uh, one of the things he, <clears throat> he would say he'd come to this party and do, presumably her and makeup for, was if he could sit beside the model sister. And I'm just like, ah, you've been a real fucking creepo, dude. Don't worry, he gets murdered. So I guess there's that. So yeah, he does because uh, the birthday cake is served and. Oh, before that, though, there's some palaver with a pen, which is definitely uh, yep. an important part of the clue. So, Ran wants Raimi's... They went and bought Raimi's uh, latest Oh, it's one of the... Yeah. Yes, yeah, I was going to say magazine photos. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Ran wanted it signed, so Raimi asked the manager for a pen. They tried it, but it was all out of ink. Yeah, the bag smelled of, like... Um... Uh, I, I've forgotten the name of the thing that is in pens, yes. but so it's like it probably leaked out in the bag, uh, and it, and so the sister has the pen. The, the their their uh, classmate sister has the pen. Yes. So she's like, you can borrow my pen, but I'll hang on to it because you'll only fucking lose yes. it, sister. You're, and, you're just yeah. so scattered, brain. Oh yeah, or you'll it'll leak in your dress and you'll ruin your dress. That's and the other thing. This is yeah, to establish yeah. the plot point of that. You while Yubi's four years younger, she acts like the older sister of the pair. She the the other sister is a bit ditzy, but she does seem to be nice to her sister. It's not a thing of like I'm better than you because I'm a model or anything. That the impression seems to be they get on quite well. Yeah, and so she's her classmate, the pastry chef, is here, has baked the cake for the party. Uh, the makeup artist is very rude to him. Um, yeah, 
can't remember if he's rude to the manager or not. The manager's the character who has the least personality on screen, which makes me think he's the murderer. Uh, no, I don't think he had any interaction with the manager, but the manager did was talking about, it was like, yeah, we had to give him stuff in order to yeah. keep uh, his his patronage as for hair and makeup, because like sitting next to the birthday girl at the party, like chatting her up and give, like he had to tell her her favorite flowers and her favorite sweets and shit so he could get them for her and presumably woo Someone way younger than him, while he's a married man, and we were just like, we just, we just put up with his fucking bullshit. You can, so, you can tell he was kind of tired of it, but he didn't explicitly say anything. Yeah, it's a massive cake, but they're all cut into slices. But mm. his portion has been poisoned by cyanide. Yeah, and he dies. Uh, we see him die in the dark because they're showing a projector, but the projector goes off <clears> just <throat> before he dies. But he's wearing glow-in-the-dark sun. Uh, sunglasses. He did point out, check out my sunglasses, and it's like, what's the deal with them? It's like, you'll see, and yeah, but the lights goes off. Yeah. His sunglasses glow, but Conan can see that someone is doing something on his face in the dark, because, you know, you can yes. see a hand passing back and forth across his um, yes. glow-in-the-dark sunglasses. And when the lights come back on, he's dead on the ground, and also someone's written, what they written on his forehead? Uh, the name of the fucking thing, Divine Punishment. Divine um, Punishment, yes. But as um, the detectives point out, it's written very shakily, so they obviously use their offhand, which is the thing. I was paying attention to handedness in this episode. Because uh, <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if the manager used up all the ink practicing writing on with his left hand. Oh, that's an interesting one. I, I like. I noticed he, like the, the guy writing on the forehead, was using his right hand, seemingly. Uh, the manager answered the phone with his left hand. When the sister, when she dropped the strawberry from her cake, and the three-second rule, she picked it up with her left hand. Um, the, the the model sister. I didn't notice the handedness of their classmates, so that's the one that's kind of throwing me uh, at any stage. But yeah, the, oh, and the pastry chef cut the cake with his right hand. I yeah. think I'm trying to remember. So I no, was it the guy who wrote it with his offhand? I'll have to go and look at it again. I didn't think about it. But, but that. the way the way I think it was, it looked like he was writing with. I think it might have been the left hand actually. So that made me think it was the pastry chef. But I've forgotten fucking now which way it was. Uh, I feel like that's too simple a one, and there's a more complicated fucking way of doing it. <laughs> uh, anyway, McGurry shows up, and he's like, "What are you guys doing here?" And he's and, he's, and then he's like, "Oh, this is going to be terrible. There's going to be so many suspects here." Um, and but then all the kid detectives say. Uh, no, actually, there's only four suspects because this, this, and this. Uh, and we can't so, be suspects because we didn't know the guy. <laughs> we were blocking the entrance this way. There was a spilt wine in the opposite direction. And so, therefore, if anybody had gone through that, they would have trailed wine. and they didn't, There was no mm. trail of wine. Like and a guy with the, with the lights went out of a server bit. Oh, fuck, I dropped the bottle because the lights went out and you didn't see where it went. Nobody moved, basically. And so, yeah. the series like, so only four people it can be is... Uh, Siguro, Matomu, Remy, and our school friend Yumi. And they're like, oh, but she's our school friend. And, oh, I can't do anything about it. She's a suspect. We just have to do it. <laughs> uh, also, yeah. give, me those, give me those pills, Karen Or rather, Mary rings up saying, give me those pills. And then yeah, looks... her mom keeps ringing her, kind of like, it's like, hey, what's the deal? Has, has he got, what kind of pill has he got? Uh, blue and white pill. It's like, cool, cool. That. Get, steal it off him, and it's like, I can't, I can't steal it off him now, man. There's been a murder. I got, I gotta take care of this murder. All right, bye, 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 bye. Yes, and uh, then she, then she has a flashback for the rest of the episode as she gets things back on. Where it was a red and white pill, which <laughs> they fed me on Vauxhall Bridge. Um, so she's waiting by Vauxhall Bridge to meet her husband. The husband shows up, but uh, she's talking about their daughter, and then she's like, "Ah, you didn't know that that you." Didn't know the daughter was born last time I saw you because I was still pregnant with her. 
So how do you know I've got a da- another daughter? You're not my husband. And then the husband says, no, that's correct. I'm not your husband. I am Vermouth, the ageless mistress of disguise. Now, mm. swallow this goddamn pill and we're going to chuck you off a bridge. Um, and it's not like you can change the colour of pill casings. Those are set in fucking stone, as we know. <laughs> that was what I thought as well. When said, <sighs> it's a blue and white one. It can't be the poison. <laughs> so it must be the antidote. And I'm just like, Okay, I guess sometimes, like, maybe I'm right about the handedness thing and I've just counted it wrong or something because sometimes the rules are very, very, very simple. And I, forget, I think the, yeah. the handedness thing is definitely there because it, they, they, it specifically, it's the offhand, it's the pen. Also, they mentioned the cyanide was stuck underneath the victim's chair. But yeah. They still found cyanide tablets there. Um, oh, that would imply the manager as well because he set up where he was going to sit. Yeah, so uh, I think it's like the manager, to just the just because he was the least chatty, and he got and he got the empty pen, and my my mind immediately went to, oh, so whoever had to do the pen writing had to practice to make it yeah le- uh, legible. That that uh, does make sense, but the other one that threw me on the chef was that he was the one who's like, well, it's a simple way, detective. You just need to see who has the pen because whoever has a pen on him obviously wrote it on the victim's head, and you can search me, but they didn't search his chef hat. That's the thing I was watching as well. Uh, <laughs> or he could have hit. He could have baked a pen into the cake. Yeah, he could have just slid a fucking pen into a cake. That's really fucking easy. It's a, it's a, it's a cream cake. You're not gonna have any fucking trouble. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think it's one of those two guys. I, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it, it would. I mean, it would be a massive twist if it turns out to be the school friend. And maybe this is. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this will be the time. Um, <laughs> the time to do it. We'll wait and see. Uh, I'm mm. not sure how many episodes this one's going for. Uh, or is it a two-parter or a three-parter? It feels like a two-parter, but I guess they could draw it out with uh, plot stuff happening, yeah. Yeah, and there could be additional stuff of, like, Mary thinking of, like, how she got from being dropped in the river in this episode to uh, being being in Japan, uh, trying to get a tablet off a child. Um, (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. There's just two listed here, but, uh, yeah, so... Could just be a two-part of other things. Yeah, it was permanent mm. marker was the clue. The Conan's hint wasn't it at the end? Um. <clears throat> yeah, like again, I, I was overthinking bits of it. I was like, this isn't like fucking because it did say permanent marker. It's not the the kind of marker where it'll be revealed after you pour something on it or that kind of thing. No, it did seem to be something else. Yeah. Then we've got, finally, Spy Family Episode 9, Show Off How In Love You Are. I was surprised they managed to to do that, like, to, to take that and draw it out so fucking long. Um, but yeah, oh, they did it, a good it, job. Is it much shorter in the comic, then? Um, I feel like it is, unless I'm remembering it wrong. I must go back and reread. Um, yeah, I watched it, because I, I say it did feel a little bit the, 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 the bulk of the episode, because we, we quickly deal with the finale of last week's episode yeah. <laughs> uh, where he suddenly realises no I don't want to see my sister kissing this man I'm going to run at them and then yeah they even like... slow that down by like having him remember like it's like oh I said I'd marry my sister when I was a little kid one day to her and she was like oh I'll wait for you and it's like I can't watch another man kiss my sister and she gets she gets very quickly drunk in order to pull it off but she's then like I can't do it and is about to slap Lloyd because she's so drunk um, but she accidentally slaps her brother across the room twice um and they just behave like this is normal behavior from her which i guess it is in their family yeah yeah 
And mm. then he wanders home and looking for the train station and then two civilians <laughs> go, you need, a hotel, you need a hospital, mate. You're bleeding profusely from the head. Like um, even the fact that they they put those civilians like in, like one guy's wearing like a biker jacket. They both look like toughs, but then they see this guy bleeding out the fucking head and they're just like, Jesus, dude, no, you, you need to go to go to a hospital. So. Uh, but the entire he... evening has left Lloyd incredibly paranoid about your, he's like, is she part of the secret police as well does uh, she know her brother's in the secret police and if she does know why would she need to marry me in order to maintain <clears throat> that she's not a spy because she has a guy who's a spy yes. catcher so surely that would clear her of any uh spy yes. accusations and that kind but of the, thing is like this, mm. the initial thought though is read by anya who's like secret police and then i don't know what secret police is but then puts the word secret and police together and decides that it was very cool and how dare <laughs> they not introduce her to this man but th- oh, wait i got a an uncle that is a cool job description that i don't know what it is but it does sound pretty good yeah uh but then so. she starts reading their minds about them what we well, yeah so yours feeling like oh i was a bad wife lloyd's feeling like oh she might be a spy and you're tries to settle and then realizes she doesn't have a way to solve this problem and then just ends up insulting yours cooking and making her feel like an even worse wife yeah yeah and also her her thing of like pointing out to them before they put her off on the bus is kind of like mammy and daddy should stop fighting and there's like we're not we're not fighting what makes you think that and even walking away from it's like children are very perceptive mm. or she didn't say fighting um they need to get on better or something get along like yes yeah get and, along, uh, yes yeah because he's put a listening device on your just to make sure she's not uh, a uh, secret police mm. agent and this uh, is after him checking their own dining room for listening devices um because he's just like well that's what i would have done and that's literally what he does later in the episode and we see uh, your brother kind of go like, shit, I forgot to put listening devices. But then I might hear my fucking sister have sex if I put it in their bedroom. Oh, no, no, not about, not worth thinking about, not worth thinking about. I, I think my favorite character in this, though, is his partner, who is clearly sick of his shit. Yes. <laughs> like, he's a cool fucking spy with a fucked up, scarred face. And he's just like, dude, why are you all fucking covered in bandages? Did you get fucking drunk off your ass again and, and get in a fight with the with your sister's husband? That's not fucking cool, dude. That you're making us look like real pricks out there. Uh, and then when he starts banging his head against his locker when he forgot to put the uh, listening devices in, he's, did you get give those wounds to yourself? <laughs> like, he has to put up with this guy because the boss put him in thing, and also he's good at his job, but he is an annoying person at work to this other spy catcher, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun to, like, get the little domestic uh, sitcom of those two mm. characters, who I assume will only occasionally glimpse their domestic sitcom. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's fun to know that it's going on off-screen. Um, uh, and then, yes, we get him listening in on your... And... Asking for how to be a good wife to every all the other secretaries, and realising that all your friends are just fucking terrible. <laughs> yes. And she's asked uh, to deliver a letter by her boss and then uses it as a plan. So him and... Uh, is Frankie. Lenny? What's his name? It's Frankie, isn't it? Frankie's. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know any or why, rather. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they disguise themselves as secret police. In fact, Lloyd disguises himself specifically as that other secret policeman. I guess uh, the guy who he specifically knows as a secret policeman. He's a, he's very distinguishing looking marks on his face. Easy to peg, like, yeah. Yes, and they uh, claim there's a 
cipher inside the letter and then they interrogate your and uh basically trying to force her to to pull rank on him was like actually my brother's in the secret place and that would automatically exonerate him because they make a story like hey do you hear the story about you one who got off because frankie's doing a terrible job of acting obviously he's an informant yes. not an actor but um he keeps switching kind of roles like switching between like good cop and misinformed cop and bad cop um it's 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 pretty funny but uh yes. they're just waiting for you to admit that but yours insulted that she would threaten both her brother's career as a as a public servant and her husband and her family and so puts frankie in a fucking arm lock basically yes when he lays hands on it like, you know i'm a married woman um mm. yeah and so they let her go they pretend oh there was a different cipher okay he's just written this in this code because he's afraid of he's uh, ashamed of his hemorrhoids Please don't bring this up with your boss. It's very embarrassing for him. We apologize. Have a good day, madam. Uh, and then, yes, he won't let him use the handsome mask that he'd given Frankie. So he, he wanted to go and uh, date women. Pick up chicks. On. And he said, mm-hmm. you should lie to a woman like that. Like, you, you can't. Of all people, you can't say that. <laughs> you have a fake marriage that I set up. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. But obviously you can see Lloyd very slowly kind of and Frankie's like, Dad, don't fucking get too involved, man. You got to keep separation from your work, being a spy and all that shit. And he's just like, well, he's he's accidentally falling in love with his wife and his family in general. So, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so they buy a cake because it's their quote unquote anniversary. And uh, <laughs> then when Anya gets back, she reads their minds and realizes they're uh, happy with each other again. And they're like, we were never fighting in the first place. <laughs> now, give me that cake. Um <clears throat> And then next week, dodgeball. Uh, we're going to get presumably like a, within the episode a training arc with Anya, so she can be good at dodgeball. By the look of it, it looks like it's going to be a fun time. It does. I I suspect I am adhering to what the author wants. In that, I'm looking forward to the Anya stuff more than I am to the adult stuff. Um, like the adult stuff I generally enjoy, but like I think uh, a little while back there was an extended period where Lloyd had to play an underground tennis tournament, and I was kind of like, I'm enjoying this, but what is the small child doing? I need, need you to cut back to the small <laughs> child because that that's generally I, I enjoy the adult stuff, but yeah, you gotta you gotta bring me back to Anya because she's like the heart of the whole fucking thing. Like yeah, yeah, and I think also because she's got the she's got the superpower. I think that's the end like other than that, it's just us as the audience hearing the inner thoughts of a character. But having a small child who does not know what to do with that information react to it is just mm, very nice. Yeah, I'm talking to people having inner confidence. <laughs> in Birdie Wing, somebody thinks something, doesn't they? And then the team captain replies to the thoughts. That was really weird. It was. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be that she's intuitive, but it comes across. I mean, yeah. she. Then again, in Birdie Wing, she might be psychic. She may well be psychic. We don't know for sure. But yeah, is that, that very reminded... useful in golf? It feels like it wouldn't be. I don't think so, no. Because mm. there's not a lot of direct competition involved. It's more of... Yeah, but then again, Eve does play the psychological game of trying to destroy you by just playing way better than you. I guess you could so... just copy whatever you could... But then you could just copy it anyway without reading their mind. Because um, you still <sighs> want to, like... Um... Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would... Telekinesis would probably be a much more useful psychic power. Yes, yeah, yeah. For Putin and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on the range, you could just get holes in one every time. Um, <laughs> don't go playing golf with Jean Grey, people. Um, mm-hmm. Right, that's it this week. That is everything. We will be back next week 
I forgot to ask when Niall's back off his holiday. I assume he's back next week. We'll find out ourselves. <laughs> uh, that's it. Goodbye. Bye.